So this is um this is part two of a series, which is quite exciting. So um, if you weren't here for for last week, this is this is part two, and what we'll do is we'll just go over um we'll just go over just really quickly what we went over. But the 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 word that I've had really strongly on my heart for a wee while now, and um, to the point that it sort of come out at youth group one night and went, oh, that was quite good. But it's kind of a heart message is that um, words are powerful. They're real. They're really powerful. So the words that the words that we have in our life and who we listen to in our life is actually um, actually carries a lot of weight in the way that we see ourselves. It carries a lot of weight in the way that we um, we interact with the world. It carries a lot of weight with the way that we define ourselves and the way that um, we define others. And so um, this is part two of a message called "Winning the Word War." Okay, um, so I've, I've 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 subtitled it. Word War Two, because I'm a dad, and so dad puns are always funny. So Word War Two, it's a yeah. Anyway, um, so just for those of you who weren't here last week, if I just get a wave, if you you weren't here, I mean, obviously you guys were a wee bit busy um, that particular day. Um, um, but what we started with was um, we started with the whole idea of an epitaph. So at the end of your life, what would actually be put in your obituary on your gravestone? Which I mean, it's always a really positive, encouraging way to start any message. I mean, it, it's going to go. But, but the whole idea was, was that if you, if you were to write your own obituary, what would you actually say about yourself? Okay? And, the, and what you'd say about yourself says a lot about, not so much about the way that other people see you, but maybe a lot about the way that you see yourself. Okay? So was, I just gave a couple of sentence starters, which sort of went down like a, a lead sandwich, really. But that was, that was okay. It was really good. So it was like, um, what, what, would, what would be your epitaph? So... You know, the thing that was most important to me was, so if someone had a look at your life, what would it look like? The thing that was most important to me was, the people say I stood for. I made a difference in my world by, God was glorified because I, people knew I loved them because, and the reason I expect God to say well done is because. Okay? And um, for some of us, uh, that was great. For some of us, it was like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be here anymore. I should have <laughs> stayed in bed uh, an extra half hour. But um, we sort of went from there and sort of decided that actually what we, what we filled in there actually says a lot about us and the way that we see ourselves, our self-talk. Okay, so we had two, um, two, really, um, two, mes- uh, two messages or two points that we had. One is that whole idea that y- your words are powerful. So your words create worlds, okay? So the way that the words that you use and the words that you take on board actually create your world. You can make it a better place or a darker place. Um, we know that the quickest way to change how we're feeling is to change the words that we're using. This holds true for the words we speak with others as well as the self-talk that only we can hear. Now, I don't know about you, but I have to be very careful about my self-talk. What goes on inside of here is quite often my, my worst enemy. But the thing is, is that one of the other things that we talked about was that one word from God can change your life. Okay, God changes someone's name, someone's name and their life is completely different from that point on. See, the word that we bring personally comes from the position that we're in or the position that we see ourselves in. So what word do you bring to people? What word do you bring to the world? What do you testify? You, pre- you preach whether you think that you do or not by your actions, by what you say. So your life will be defined by the things that you believe in the center of your being. These are your convictions and will influence the word that you bring forth. So what's on the inside will spill out whether you want it to or not. Okay? So it's important that what's on the inside is good. 
So we can either listen to our, so words create worlds. We can either listen to ourselves, but when God speaks to you, he's creating something in you. He prophesies over your life. You're supposed to change as a result of the word of God. Mm-hmm. We need to be deliberate in the words that we choose to take on board. Are we choosing to take on board the words that God tells us? Are we choosing to take on board the, our own self-talk? Or if we let ourselves be defined by the world, other people, one person in particular, okay? We need uh, accepting God's promises, but shutting out the negativity and cynicism that others can bring sometimes. So the, the, for the words create words. The question that we had from that was, what words have you allowed into your heart? Um, the second point that we talked about last week was words carry weight. Now, I don't know about you, but if my mum and dad tells me something or Shannon tells me something, there's a huge weight that comes with that word, this authority that I've given Shannon, her words carry more weight than almost anyone else in the world. Which is always why, probably, if you think about the arguments or, sorry, discussions <laughs> that, you've, um, that you've had with your partner in the past, or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, people that you love, whoever, quite often the words that have potentially um, changed you, by either positively or negatively, are quite often by the people that carry the most that their words carry the most weight because they've got they're the closest to you. Okay? So the question then is if words create worlds and words carry weight, then whose voice do you listen to? And then more importantly, who do you listen to in the storm? I don't know about you, but when my storms happen, I've my self talk goes through the roof. It's 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 bad in here sometimes. Okay? We give different weight to the voices in our lives. Our words carry weight, and the closer you are to a person, or the more, the higher you put them in your life, the more weight we give those words. It's really interesting that quite often the heaviest words in our life come from our enemy or that enemy. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Like the the bully at school, quite possibly is defined one way that you've operated in your life, your whole life. Mm-hmm. That's strange. That's weird. It's not. It's not biblical. You imagine if the devil allowed, if we allowed the devil to define us. So if that's the case, so if you create word, if your words create worlds and they carry weight, that was basically where we stopped at the end of last week. So I think it was encouraging. It, it comes out more encouraging than the two-minute um, two-minute summary I just gave then. Um, but if our words create worlds and they carry weight, then we need to know our words can be weapons. Okay, we can, we can use our words to change our world. We can use our words, if we've got weight with people, we can actually use them effectively for God. Okay? So, um, Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring life or death. Those who, love, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Um, the old school um, King James Version that I was taught at Southern College was the power of life and death. Uh, the power of life, life and death lie in the power of the tongue. Uh, those, those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay? So, what we need to do is we need to be careful what comes out of our lips. Because if we've got the creative power of God within us, if we've got, um, if we've been given dominion over the earth, if we've been given the ability to pray, to prophesy, to declare, what comes out of our mouth is actually really powerful. Okay? So um, Brian Houston's got this message called "When Faith Talks," and it's a, it's, a, it's quite a cool it's quite a cool message. I like Brian Houston. He's got a very um, interesting voice about him, if nothing else. <laughs> 
So, you know, he could read a shopping list and it would be amazing, you know. <laughs> Milk, eggs, you know. <laughs> but um, Brian Houston says that it's important that we speak out our confessions of faith. It's important to declare faith over our lives, over our situations. What does faith sound like, he asks? It's us hearing God's word over every circumstance and situation. It's hearing, God, it's hearing God's voice more than anyone else's voice. It drowns out the storm. It drowns out other people's voices. Uh, it's God hearing what we say and us hearing what God says. Faith definitely has a sound and it definitely talks. Now, I don't know about you. If you've ever prayed without faith, it comes out really, really obviously. So um, I remember distinctly one time where I prayed for a, a kid and he, like he, he had mustard like faith, which was still more than what I had. Like I was a, I was a, a leader at a camp. And um, he wanted us to just pray for his cold. And that was it. So we should have enough faith for that. This is how my prayer went. My prayer went, hey, God bless Matt, because that's his name. Um, Lord, I just pray that you heal him. And if you don't heal him today, heal him tomorrow. And if you don't heal him tomorrow, over the course of the next several days to weeks, um, I just pray that he gets continuously better. Until finally he's 100% healthy again. And I'm thinking in my head, well, that's a pretty good, that's a faithful prayer, you know, I've covered all the bases and that. So I open up my eyes afterwards, and the rest of the leaders who are also praying for him are looking at me like. <laughs> Matt himself is looking at me like, oh, I think I'll pray for myself next time, thanks very much. But faith comes out of us if we have faith. That's, a, that's, that's the point that I. Um, we need to speak out words of life over ourselves rather than those tinted with negativity and doubt. Now, it's more than just the power of positive, you can do it. I, is, I am smart. I am awesome. It's more than just that. It's actually firmly believing the things that God says over us. See, people underestimate the power of confession, how important it is to see breakthrough, miracles, and dreams fulfilled. We so easily underestimate the place that faith takes. See, the affirmation of truth and the declaration of God's word and his will over his life, uh, over our lives, sorry, flies directly in the face of fear, doubt, negativity. See, if you want to see lives changed, if you want to see people changed around you, if you want to see your prayers answered, if you want to see breakthrough in your life, don't under- underestimate what aligning yourself with the word of God does in your life. Well, how do, we, how do we do that then? We give thanks. We speak out the truths found in the Bible. And we listen to music that declares God's goodness. That's what we fill ourselves with. Let's be honest. We need breakthrough and miracles in our churches, in our city, in our schools, wherever, in, in every area and aspect of our life. And if we don't need those miracles, there's people in our world that need those miracles. See, you need it when it comes to pressing on and into all that God has for you. If you've gone away from it, we need to come back to speaking the way that faith speaks. Listen to how faith talks, because when faith talks, something powerful is going to happen. The words you speak have a huge uh, impact. Impact. The words you speak, welcome to City Impact. Um, The words you speak have a huge impact on the life that you enjoy. What are you declaring over your life? Now, the, the quickest way into depression, this is, this is something from uh, my pastor, Pastor Ian. Pastor Ian, he, he, if we, uh, I feel I'm depressed, I'm depressed, life sucks, 
life sucks and you speak that for a while, pretty soon you're going to feel depressed and your life is going to suck. <laughs> it's not so much the fact that you've called it into being, but basically it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy because that's going to be all that you see. So what are you declaring over your life? That's the question that I have. Now, I've got this, um, I've got this passage that I, 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 quite, I quite like, and um, I've never really understood um, why it's together in the Bible, but I think I, think I might have some revelation. Um, I'm, I'm sure someone else in this room has got more revelation, but I've got a revelation, which is quite good. It's good for me. I've got a revelation. So it's in Mark 11, verse 12 to 25. Okay? And in it, what happens is that in the same sort of passage, the same, you know, it's, it's clearly indicated as there are stories which go together. Um, you've got Jesus cursing the fig tree, and you've got Jesus clearing the temple courts, which is a really strange thing to have together, and for a long time I've, I sort of never really, I wasn't 100% sure. But anyway, I, th- I think I've got it. So Jesus curses a fig tree and clears the temple courts. Here's the story. The next day as they are leaving Bethany, um, Bethany was just a girl that lived down the road. No, that's a, that's a place. In. Um, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in, the, seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. That's actually a fairly good, re- good reason for figs not to have fruit, is that it's out of season. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again, and his disciples heard him say it. So he curses the fig tree. That's a strange thing to do. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers? The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. It's quite interesting when you see trees that wither from the roots. Peter remembered and said to God, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. So there's two really interesting things that happen here. We've got Jesus cursing the fig tree. We've got Jesus clearing out the temple courts. Okay, and they don't, they don't really, it doesn't, on the outside, it doesn't really look like they relate. But this is, this is the revelation that I had. This is, this is what I think it, it's, it's saying, or this is what I got out of it anyway. Be careful what you bless and what you curse in your life. Don't curse what God's blessed, and don't bless what he's cursed. See, the thing is, back in the Garden of Eden... We were given naming rights. We were given the ability to name the animals. We were given the ability to define our world. So we were given sovereignty over things. So if Jesus can curse fig trees, if Jesus can curse something in his life, even if it's out of season, then so can we. 
So what you bless, so what you bless, by bless, all it means is what you allow into your life, God will bless in your life. What you curse, God will wither. Okay? So we've been given naming rights in our world. So it's pretty interesting. So, so, this is the, so this is the thing, and this is the idea that I had, is that we need to be careful that if God's given us something in blessing, we don't curse it. So whether it's our, where we are at the moment, whether it's our job, whether it's our position, whether it's a situation, if God wants us to bless it, we can't curse it. Okay? Because he's going he's gonna to honour the fact that we have sovereignty in our world. So Luke 6, 44-45 says, Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. From the mouth speaks what the, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if you've got something that's coming out of you that's negative, perhaps, and this is where the temple court thing comes in, Perhaps you've given um, access or a place in your life or given lease to something in your temple that shouldn't be there. And it might be time for a temple court clear out. Does that make sense? So if it's true that, um, if it's true that we can cast out demons, so I'd say that that's fairly high on the scale of pretty cool things to be able to do. If that's the case, then we can cast out whatever. We can separate whatever from the Easters, from the West out of us. Not only can we do that for others, we can do that for ourselves as well. So if it's anger that you've got to deal with, and you'll know because as soon as you speak it out, it comes out wrong. It could be bitterness, it could be anything. You've got the power to clear out your temple court. You've got the power. And the, how do we know whether what's coming out of us is good or not? You look at the fruit. Does that make sense? Like that. So we may need to clear out the courts of your temple. Who are you giving or what are you giving least to in your life? So who are you giving space to in your temple court, in your heart? What fruit is coming out of you? So that's one thing. What fruit's coming out of you? Is it good fruit? Is it bad fruit? Because what's coming out of your mouth is an indicator of what's going on in your heart. Or secondly, are you fruitful? So one of the other things that can quite often happen is that we don't give any voice to anything because we're afraid what will come out. So if you're not fruitful at all, if there's no fruit coming out of you at all, then you're probably or potentially suppressing something in your life. If I just stuff it down low enough, no one will know that I feel this way. So... What does that mean for us? It means our prayers are powerful. Our words are weapons. Our prayers are powerful. If we can bless and curse anything in our life, if we can declare and prophesy over our lives and things change, our words are powerful. It means our declarations are powerful. So our prayers are powerful. Our declarations are powerful. What we declare over our life can literally change the way that we see things, can literally change the circumstances of our life. We believe that because that's the language of faith. That's the language of being able to call into being what's not as if it is. Because at the end of the day, if we put, if we put more weight on God's, what God says in our lives, well then sometimes we're going to be declaring things that we don't see naturally in the natural. What we're doing is we're declaring to the spiritual God, this is what you've said, this is the promise that you've spoken over me. And so this is what I know I can believe for. 
So if our words carry weight, God may want us to change our language. Our mouths are one of the most productive and one of the most destructive organs. Okay? Our mouth is our overflow valve for our heart. So if something ever pops out of your mouth, there's potentially something going on in here. Okay? Anyway. A lot of Christians are surviving on, I've got enough words to say. You know, so like um, a lot of us are still, a lot of us, you know, we're, we're feeding ourselves on the word, but having just enough um, promises and words of God for us to get by. God loves, I know God, God loves me. It says God loves me. Okay. Jesus wept, so he's sad all the time. Jesus said it is finished, so I didn't read anything else from that point, because, I mean, that's my understanding. So, you know, we just finished in the Gospels. It was, that was it. Nothing else happened after that, because Jesus said it is finished. So, okay, so we need to make sure that we're t- not taking words out of context. We need to make sure that we're actually continuing to feed ourselves on the Word of God, on the promises of God, on the declarations of God, all of that stuff. See, I, I, I honestly and firmly believe we need to get fluent on the language of the kingdom. We need to start, like, that's what needs to come out of our mouth. We may need to look at changing our language, and we may need to look at learning a new dialect. So you can speak a different dialect and still use the language of the kingdom. It's not so much the specific words that you use. In fact, a lot of the words that we use in church don't translate well to out in the world. And quite often we're speaking the wrong dialect to people that need the gospel just as much as us. Um, One thing that I wrote down here, and it's just sort of in a slide thought, personally I think sometimes one reason God gave us the gift of tongues, the ability to speak in tongues, is literally to help us get our own stuff out of the way. So it's just us actually declaring what God wants us to to declare. So there's four languages that we need to be fluent in. Praise is our native tongue. That needs to be the first on our lips. God's good all the time. We need to be fluent in the language of vision. We need to be able to see not just what is, but what can be. We need to learn the language of initiative. And the last one, we need to be able to learn the language of others. If we're going to be effective in our world, we need to be able to connect with people on their level and present, present Jesus in a way that they can accept it. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, is, it's not our job to win an argument. It's our job to start a conversation. That's right. And, that, and that's it. And quite often, if someone says no to Jesus, so you present the gospel to them and they're like, no, it's not for me. They, ha- have, they haven't rejected Jesus. They've just rejected the way that you've presented him on that particular day. See, the benefits of changing our language, we lose the language of me, mine, and my, and we gain the language of we and our. Okay? And as a church, that's one of the things that I really, I really honestly, I don't ever want us to have an us versus them mentality. That's right. So that's the language of separation, okay? So it's not going to be church untamed versus the world. That's, that's just wrong thinking. We're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be in the world but not of the world. We're supposed to be walking towards the messes. We're supposed to be building community. We're supposed to be having those conversations in a way that people can accept and it's palatable. That doesn't mean, sometimes that doesn't mean giving them the whole Bible in one sitting. Because I don't know about you, but even I can't always eat a big meal. (laughs) See, your accent identifies you. Sometimes we might say the right words, but we could have the wrong accent. It's the wrong tone. 
Have you ever said the right words to your partner and it's been in the wrong tone and it's all blown up? <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> no, but I, but I apologise. I don't know why she got so upset after that. I'll do it soon. <laughs> all right, okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, good, I was so worried. What are you doing? No, no sorry. Sorry, Reba, please don't cry. Um... All right. So, th- so here's my um, here's my older call, and it's a weird older call. I honestly and firmly believe that we need to begin prophesying and declaring over our lives. There's two things that might need to happen today. One thing is, is you might need to clear your temple court. Okay, so if there's anything on the inside that you're thinking, man, I've got so for for me, um, for me, there's probably two things. One. Uh, every now and again, anger gets in because I'm a man. No, every now and again, there's, there's part of me what comes out can come out angry or sarcastic or, you know. And so for me, that's one thing that I have to keep making sure that I keep clearing my temple court out. Oh, man, what are you doing back here? I told you, get out. Okay. So the first thing is, is maybe you need to do some business with God today where you need to clear out your temple court. The second thing that I want you to do is maybe you need to start changing the language, whether it's self-talk, whether it's the way that you say, the way that you speak to other people. It could be the tone. <laughs> I didn't mean to look at you really hard like that. <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> see the thing is, and this is this is this is the thing that I, I realise is that when it comes to writing an epitaph, you know God's going to be so much kinder than we are to ourselves. Do you know that he's going to see the best in us? Do you know that if we're declaring and prophesying the way that God sees us, we've got a distorted view of ourselves. We think we know ourselves better than anyone else, but God's the one who sees us for who we truly are. So maybe we need to start aligning ourselves with the image that God has for us rather than the image that we have for ourselves or the image that the world has for us or the image that our friends have for us or even the image that our partner has for us. See, the thing is, is if God wrote your epitaph, what would it say? What, what, would you, what, what are those prophecies? What are those things that he's declared over your life? It could be through friends that have gone, wow, I've never seen this in you before. See, what would he say when he said that the thing that is most important to me was? And you can fill in that blank. Fill it in with what God would have for you. What would he want for your life? People say I stood for. What would he want for your life? I made a difference in my world by. I'm so thankful that that's going to be separate for every single person in this room, and it has to be because you're uniquely custom-crafted by God to impact your world for God and for good. The way that I made a difference in my world has to be different to the way that everyone else makes a difference in their world because you've got different giftings, different personality type. You imagine if I went to the bowling club on on a Saturday and went, okay, guys, <laughs> hi. I mean, it, 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 not my best work. <laughs> I can't play bowls for a start. That's, a, that's an issue. God was glorified because I. People knew I loved them because. And the reason I expect God to say well done is because. 
what we're going to do, um, we're not going to work it to finish, actually. Um, what we're going to do, we're just going to open up in here. We're just going to put some music on. Um, I think there's one or two things that might happen or could happen, or I'm, I'm not quite sure how it'll work, and that's okay. Um, if, if you want someone to pray for you, like you want someone to stand with you and pray for you about whatever's going on, whether you're wanting to clear your temple courts, whether you're wanting to change your language, whatever it looks like for you. We're going to open up here, and that's absolutely, that's cool. There's no, to be honest, when it comes to the altar call, have you ever noticed that the people that come up to the altar call are the brave people? <laughs> Just a thought. Um, but that's okay. If that, if that's, if the other thing that I think is going to happen is it's just going to be a time of reflection. And by reflection, I don't mean reflection as in, okay, dear diary. What I mean is that maybe it's time for you to do some business with God. Maybe it's time just to sit there for three or four minutes and just go, God, you search me, you know me. Maybe it's a case of asking God to change your language. Maybe it's an, uh, a case of asking God to change your tone. See, the thing that I believe is that when you encounter God, when you meet with God, you go, you go into that encounter one way and you go out completely different. I believe that for some people today, your life's never going to be the same again because you're going to meet with God. He's going to pass by. He's going to cause His glory to shine upon your face and you're going to go out of here um, freer, uh, with more life and more positivity, um, maybe maybe with some of those voices quieted down. But now I just want to create that space. If you want someone to, to pray for you, if you want someone to prophesy, encourage you, exhort you, there's, there's going to be people that love to pray for you. But we're just going to put that on. We're going to have morning tea in just a minute. And then apart from that, I just want to really quickly pray for you guys. Lord, I just thank you so much for at church. I thank you so much for these wonderful people, Lord. Lord, I just pray that um, in this time of in this time, Lord, that um, that you would help us, you'd highlight things, Lord, stuff that might be in the darkness that you'd bring into light, Lord, that you give us the courage to do business with you. You fully know us, you fully accept us, and so, Lord, search us now. Help us to make the changes that we need to make. Give us the courage to step out. But overall, Lord, I thank you so much that you love us, you love us, you love us. And your thoughts towards us are good. Your thoughts towards us are greater than grains of sand on a beach. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We just praise you today. Amen.